Hi everyone, Dr. Axe here. I am so excited to introduce you to today's co-host of my show, Naomi Whittle. Naomi is a pioneer in the beauty and nutrition industries. She has founded several successful wellness brands, is an expert in diet, herbal medicine, and longevity. And Naomi has traveled the world, including Europe and Asia, studying natural health and finding rare exotic superfoods to help people heal and fight disease. She's also made it her personal mission to better the lives of women by empowering them to take control of their health. Naomi is someone I really trust and admire, and I am thrilled to have her here today. I hope you enjoy her wisdom on today's show. Hi, everybody. I am thrilled to introduce you to Ryan Kipping. We are going to be talking about all things relating to us as women and what it is to conceive, to be pregnant, pre-pregnancy, post-pregnancy, and the foods and the nutrition that we need to really be thinking about during this most important and unbelievable time in our lives. Welcome. I'm really happy to have you here on the Dr. Axe Show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and chat about all these things. So I'm Naomi Whittle, and I was just mentioning to you that um, 19 years ago, I gave birth and it was probably the most remarkable period of my life. And there was so much transformation that went on inside. And there was such a relationship with food um, that was just so critical. I just remember that time being the most, it was almost like there was a microscope on everything I was eating. And yeah. Before I got pregnant, what I needed to do while I was pregnant, the foods and the nutrition that I was bringing into my life, and then post-pregnancy and while I was breastfeeding was even more critical and there was even less information about it. Yeah, so true. All of the, every stage is so important and comes with its, you know, barriers and challenges as you go through each stage. Ryan, tell us a little bit what really brought you to this area of focus? Why are you concentrated in this area? Yeah, I, so I guess throughout college, um, so I went to college to become a registered dietitian nutritionist. um, And as soon as we covered this area of the life cycle, so we go through like a life cycle nutrition course, and this period of life is covered. And as soon as we kind of dove into it. I was always super interested, um, in everything that had to do with prenatal nutrition. And so from there, I ended up doing like my capstone or thesis project on, um, a topic related to prenatal nutrition. After I graduated, I kind of did a variety of things, um, until about a year after I, a year into being a dietitian, I got a job at a clinic uh, working with this population. So supporting women throughout pregnancy. Um, I did a lot of breastfeeding education there too, and also some like early um, toddler nutrition as well. Um, And so I worked at that clinic for almost two years doing this and working with this population. And I was building up my own business on the side while I was working at that clinic job too. And Yeah. I mean, I've honestly 
I've been a dietitian for five, uh, I guess five years, a little over five years at this point. I've been working with this population for four of those five years, and I can see myself doing this for the rest of my career. Um, I just absolutely love this period of life. And obviously I'm biased, but I think it is the most important time in your life to really know what you're doing nutrition wise. um, And just make sure you're optimally nourishing yourself because it is such a critical and sensitive period of time for both mom and the baby. It's you're completely changing your life. I mean, both of you um, starting a new life and the mom is essentially starting a new life too. So it's just so, it's such an important time that really sets the stage for um, both, both people involved. So it's just, it's so important. And I, and I love these these women who I'm working with because they are so motivated. Um, it's, it's a super motivating time to, um, work on yourself, whether that is nutrition or just mental health or exercise or any of these components of health. It's such a great time to really put emphasis on, on you and make some of these lifestyle changes. When we're talking about the, the time when you're thinking about getting pregnant and you're preparing your body Can you share with us maybe like, what are your couple of like one, two, three top tips for what we need to do when we're preparing to carry another person in our body? Yeah. Oh my gosh. What like a crazy thought, right? Right? Um, (laughs) You're just preparing to carry a human um, and create a new life from scratch, right? It seems so crazy. And I love working with people in this specific stage too, the stage when you're not yet pregnant, but you really want to focus on it and you really want to just set the stage for a healthy pregnancy because this period of time is really important. And there's a lot of new research and data coming out specifically on the months leading up to pregnancy and how that can ultimately impact the outcome at the end of your pregnancy. Um, So it's really cool to think of it in that way and that that time period has such an impact um, and that so many people are like putting in the time and um, wanting to get educated pre-pregnancy I I love it. Every time somebody comes to me and is like, I'm not yet pregnant, but I really want to work on this. I'm like, yes, like you came to the right person. Like, let's do this. Um, Also because the first trimester and sometimes even into the second trimester of pregnancy, nutrition can be so hard. Um, There's so many symptoms of pregnancy that make it really challenging to follow a normal routine, eat the foods that you want to eat. There's so many things that go on. So a lot of times that first trimester is really just about survival, survival mode. Um, and you're not able to eat some of these foods we know are good and healthy, right? Like fruits and vegetables and quality sources of protein and all of these things can just sound just disgusting, honestly. Um, so, you know, granted the pre in the preconception phase, you really were working on your nutrition, um, doing all you could to focus on these nutrients that are so important. Then your body sort of has the blueprint. Like our bodies are amazing. They know what to do. Um, so granted you were properly nourished before, you became pregnant, your body is really working to pull from those nutrient stores that you built up to keep you energized, to keep baby growing and, you know, hitting all of those steps. So another reason why I think the preconception period is so important. Um, so I don't even know the question. I'm just like talking about how important this is. Yeah, um, no, but you are, you're, you're, you're talking about the nutrition. I know like for yeah. me, um, 
when I had my first child, um, when I was looking to conceive um, my second child, I went to my integrative medical doctor and I did a whole array of tests. So like I tested, I wanted to see where my heavy metals were at, you know, how different function, different systems in my body were working. I wanted to see if I was allergic to different things. So we did this sort of like whole, really interesting overview. And what I discovered was that I had been consuming a lot of herbal supplements, like Chinese herbal supplements that had actually contributed to a heavy metal load in my body. So my integrative medical doctor, Dr. Erickson said to me, okay, let's wait a few months before you try again, and let's help your body to detoxify so that you're at a stronger nutritional point. So it was everything from sulforaphanic acid, eating the broccoli sprouts, you know, just using natural um, ways to help my body to detox and, um, and clean itself up quite a bit so that I would have a better environment, um, you know, for, for my next child. That's awesome. Yeah. And definitely like getting as much blood work as you can get done before getting pregnant. is definitely recommended. Um, I know they'll run basic tests, but if you want to know all of these extra things, I think that it's really important that you do advocate for yourself and, you know, go to more of these specialty, um, physicians that can really help you run all these tests and see all these things. Uh, cause oftentimes when I work with people who are, you know, just going to like in general, like preconception checkup, they'll kind of like do the basic stuff. And I'm like sending them a list with a list. I'm like, Hey, get all these things. And <laughs> you know, some, some doctors are, are awesome. And there are a ton out there that are, you know, willing to order whatever you want to order because it's, it's you and it's your body, but some others, you know, I'll get pushed back of like, well, this really isn't necessary. Or like, why do we need this? Or, you know, you're generally healthy. There's not really, really reason to do this, but if you want it done and if you, you know, have, if it's, it's your body, right? So like you should be able to dictate what is ordered, um, for your own peace of mind. So I always try to like walk my clients through that and say like, Hey, these things are necessary. Um, so you can set the stage. You don't know, like you said, like you would have never thought that would have come back like that, um, for that heavy metal load. So that's so interesting. Yeah. So as a clinically trained registered dietitian, when do you think it's the best time to start taking that prenatal multivitamin? And I, I, I love what you have on your Instagram, you know, with yeah. the calcium and the iron being separated. I want to talk yeah. about the, the importance of DHA, where to source these good multi prenatals, yeah. because they're really hard to find. Um, yeah. So when, when should a woman start taking her prenatal? Honestly, I mean, as soon as you know, you're going to conceive, I think it's great to start um, taking a well-rounded prenatal vitamin. A a lot of times you'll just see like a blanket recommendation out there of like, okay, just three months in advance, like just start taking something, you know, and it's just like super vague and just thrown out there. But honestly, if you know, like within the year or, you know, we're going to start trying in the next six months or whatever it is, 
that's a great time to start taking something. The sooner you can start getting on that um, good nutrition schedule and routine, and you can make it a routine because a lot of times this is totally new for people. You know, maybe they've never taken a multivitamin before or, you know, no supplements before. Um, So it takes some like habit building to get that into your routine. So it's great to do that as soon as you possibly can. Um, yeah, I know the three month marker. I'm like, I don't really think that's rooted in science or research at all. I think someone just like came up with that in their head and was like, three months sounds good. <laughs> but just, just to be clear, you know, it's, it's anytime if you, if you're like, Oh, listening and like, Oh my gosh, I'm three months out or whatever it is. Like, it's still like, it's great. It's never too late or never too early, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. You know, with um, Dr. Atz and Dr. Chelsea having just had their their sweet little one, there's such a focus in, you know, in this whole uh, podcast, but also water really on how to nourish at every stage, right? And I think the prenatal multivitamin, like you said, getting on it as soon as possible And then understanding like a lot of times the prenatals, um, they're not potent enough. So looking for something that has like a a vegetarian source, I think is really great Um, with the DHA where we know that we need so much more DHA as we're getting ready to form the beautiful brains of our, of our child and that the brain is made up of, you know, all of those good fatty acids, all of that great fat. consuming a lot more fat, you know, I'm a huge fan of, I don't know if, if you are in an area of the country where Sprouts Farmers Market is, but they have an amazing assortment of like really high quality prenatals. And I think it's just the time where you really want to invest in that kind of nutrition because it's so hard to find all of the foods that your body needs. And when you're making a baby, you're pulling on different nutrients, right? So talk to us a little bit about the importance of choline. I, I saw that you, you talked yeah. about choline. Yeah, I do all the time because it's such a, um, under talked about nutrient for sure. I think whenever we think of prenatal nutrition or nutrients to focus on the two or the first two, or sometimes the only two that are talked about are folate and iron. Like, okay, we need to start taking folate and iron, or we just need to put an emphasis on folate and iron. When in reality, there are so many nutrients that are important. Um, One specifically that I talk about a lot on my um, live page is choline. Um, And it actually has been compared to folate and its importance during pregnancy. Um, So it is just as important and we should start putting emphasis on it and talking about it more. Um, and I hope that, you know, with my page and spreading education awareness about this, that I'm kind of changing the conversation a little bit around it, but choline is mainly found in eggs and in the yolk of the eggs specifically. So eggs are an all around great food to include during your pregnancy. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people ask me about top foods to include, and you can always bet eggs will be on there. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us a little bit about, um, some of the, well, some of the challenges that we can experience in that first trimester. And what would be some natural and great simple solutions? Because, you know, once you start feeling whatever it may be, 
It's mm. like, okay, where do I go? How do I get the best information? <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's sort of some sense of panic whenever you're like, oh my gosh, like you had no idea you're going to feel that bad. Or, you know, there's such a range of severity of morning sickness um, yeah. that some people barely experience it. Or, you know, maybe you do experience it in that first trimester, then it pretty quickly goes away. Some people experience it their whole pregnancy. Um, some just experience it till week 16. So there's such a range of severity, but either way, um, they all deserve compassion and tips to try to get through it. So I think number one is just to realize that it's temporary, right? Um, for most, it doesn't last the whole pregnancy. Um, it will end. You will hopefully be able to get back to your typical nutrition routine pretty quickly. Um, I think foods that are usually well-tolerated or higher carbohydrate foods. Um, those just tend to be the things that you can keep down and that sound good, which is okay. Um, you definitely want to eat something rather than nothing. Um, you know, something I always say is some calories is better than no calories at all. So if there's anything that you can eat, then I definitely recommend eating that. Uh, also focusing on fluids during that, during this time is super important to making sure you're staying adequately hydrated. Um, if you are actually vomiting and not just having the nauseous feeling, then electrolytes is going to be something you want to focus on too and replenishing those as well. So if carbs is the only thing you can eat, try to focus on, you know, more nutrient dense options, um, of carbs, like something I <laughs> try to get people to do is like potatoes or something, something like mashed potatoes, where you can use like a quality whole milk or something. And you're going to get a lot of nutrients just by doing that home, making something like mashed potatoes. Um, but anything you can keep down, I hate to put parameters on it because I know there are people listening that like, oh my gosh, I can't even eat a cracker or like something like that. Um, but there are tons of other things you can try. I mean, ginger, uh, B6 have both been like equally, uh, proven effective. So mm -hmm. trying like a ginger tea can be something that can really soothe your stomach. Um, your prenatal vitamin should have B6 in it. Um, yes. but you can always talk to your provider, um, about potentially adding on an additional B6 supplement. Of course, if you can eat foods, foods high in B6, that's recommended too. So trying to get things like bananas and pistachios. And if you can do chicken, chicken is a good source of B6 and also is a great protein source. Um, protein in general, I think is is hard during the first trimester, um, but it can actually help to stabilize your blood sugar and yeah. therefore decrease nausea. So why, why is it hard? Why do you say that? Just because all of the protein foods usually don't sound good. Um, so fish and meat are usually the number one thing that people are averse to. Um, but people know that they're super important. So they're like, how do I still get in protein? Like every piece of meat or fish sounds so gross right now. Um, but I know protein is important. So what are some other things I can eat? So, I mean, utilizing legumes is great if you can... Yes you know, work on those and keep those down nuts and seeds, trying to work those in, um, really any way you can sneak it in. Usually what I suggest is eating something that's horrible. So whether that's 
uh, toast or buttered noodles or, you know, whatever carb it is. Once you feel a little bit better, try to follow it up with some source of protein. Like maybe you can have a little bit of Greek yogurt, or maybe you can have a little piece of chicken or something like that after your stomach has kind of settled a little bit. That's really great advice. And I'm sure those years um, in the clinic where you were constantly, you know, communicating with so many women at that time, it gave you a real deep understanding of, of, yeah, how that first trimester goes. Mm -hmm. Hey guys, a lot of people ask me what supplements I take regularly. And one of the top three products I take every single day is SBO Probiotics from Ancient Nutrition. It's the whole food supplement brand I co-founded with Jordan Rubin. Now I talk about my passion for SBOs, also known as soil-based organisms frequently. In general, SBO probiotics are so important because they are shelf-stable probiotics that are naturally resistant to the harsh environment of our upper digestive tract and our stomach. Now, Ancient Nutrition's SBO probiotics support a healthy digestive system and your immune system. Plus, we add superfoods and herbs for an extra boost. And by the way, that's key. The herbs with the probiotics together, that's the ancient way to create a healthy gut and digestive system. Check out Ancient Nutrition's SBO probiotics online or in store today. Talk to us a little bit about um, exercise. Is should should we exercise in different ways during the different trimesters? I know, like um, on for me personally, before I got pregnant, I was horseback riding every day, and I wanted awesome. to keep riding throughout my pregnancy, but pretty yeah. quickly I had to stop, and I was really really sad because this is what I normally did. But, but then I moved into um, yoga and I was able to get a lot of exercise in yoga. And then as, as my balance shifted over time, it was just a great way for me to bond with other women, to be yeah, in that great yeah. environment, and also to just keep moving and connecting with my baby. Are there certain types of exercise that we should do that are different during the different trimesters? So I pretty much stick strictly to nutrition. I don't have any form of um, prenatal exercise certification or anything like that. Obviously, as a dietitian, nutrition and exercise go hand in hand. So I talk about exercise and how important it is. um, But I typically leave exercise recommendations up to physical therapists, personal trainers. And I think it's important to make sure, you know, while we're on this topic, that you are getting information from reliable sources. Um, especially something with like nutrition and physical activity that is so important. Um, but you might have to make changes um, during this time to make sure you're doing things that are safe um, for you and the baby during that time. But yoga is something that I often recommend for women who are going through like the first trimester too, when they're like, I know that I should get some movement in, but I can't do my normal, like what maybe it's like a hit exercise routine or weightlifting or whatever it is that doing something more gentle like yoga, um, and taking a, signing up for like a prenatal yoga class, like you said, is great because you feel like you have a sense of community with that too. So totally agree. Yeah, that's great. Um, 
What are the best foods that we can really incorporate um, thinking about the second trimester to support our baby's growth in, in the most effective way? Yeah. So hopefully second trimester, you got some energy back, you got your appetite back, you can start eating foods again. Um, I think definitely trying to immediately incorporate fatty fish is good. Second and third trimester. I think that definitely should be an emphasis, especially third trimester. I know we kind of mentioned DHA, but that is super important. Um, as you start to regain your appetite, I think protein overall, while we're kind of on the fish topic is really important to focus on as you go throughout pregnancy, your protein needs are kind of like slightly increasing as you're going throughout like throughout so, each, each month. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just slightly, it's kind of slightly increasing as you get to the third trimester. So focusing on making sure you have a protein at every meal, um, is really important. And then fiber fiber is super important to, um, getting in those leafy greens, those cruciferous vegetables, um, fruit that's high in fiber, like berries is super good mm -hmm. to focus on, um, because constipation tends to come in at the end of the second trimester, uh, third trimester constipation becomes more common. So if you can really focus on hitting your fiber goals early, then hopefully you will prevent that. Um, fingers crossed. Sometimes it just happens anyway. Um, so yeah, I think fiber, um, focusing on quality protein, healthy fats, like we kind of talked about initially outside of fish, other healthy fats too are really important. So with fiber, you know, such a huge percentage of the population is low in fiber. It's like 90% yes. of mm -hmm. us are low in fiber. And, um, my second book, high fiber keto, was yeah. really all about, you know, all the ways that we can get fiber into our diet. That's and awesome. so what I learned was that most people are getting, you know, anywhere from like 10 to 15 grams, but really we want to be 25, 35 yeah. grams of fiber per day. Is that, is that the same? Or are you looking for even higher than that to sort of avoid the constipation, the second trimester? I think at a minimum is usually what I say is 30 at a minimum. Awesome. Um, I offer some meal plans for, you know, trimester specific. And most of my meal plans are actually around like 45. Amazing. Um, so they get pretty high and that can, that can be problematic too, for those yeah. that you're saying are just at that, like 15 range. Um, because if you increase it too quickly, then you could end up causing more constipation. So with increasing fiber, it's always something you want to do slowly while making sure you are staying adequately hydrated because fluids is that second piece of, um, constipation prevention. Um, they really go hand in hand. So you always want to focus on fluids too, but yeah. I love that. You wrote this incredible book called the feel good pregnancy cookbook mm -hmm. and tell us a little bit about some of like maybe your favorite recipes. Yeah. I think my favorite recipes honestly are the ones that are simple and quick and easy to put together because as we all know, that's what we're all looking for. We don't want to spend hours in the kitchen, right? And we're busy and we, we lead these super busy lifestyles and we just feel like we have no time. Um, and that's often questions I get too, is like, what's something that I can quickly put together? Like what's a quick snack and all of these things, or what's an on the go type snack. Those are questions that I get all the time. 
time. Um, so a couple recipes of the snacks in there are like energy bites. So like a nut mm. butter, oat, like ener- these are super popular nowadays, which yeah. I think are so great because I often get asked about like protein bars and granola bars. And I'm like, Hey, just make your own instead. You know, um, they're super easy to put together. You can keep them for, you know, they stay a while. You can throw them in your purse too. They're super easy on the go type snack as well. Um, Another recipe in there is like a yogurt parfait that I really like because I think that's great for those sweet cravings that might kick in during pregnancy. They can kind of satisfy that, but also fit in tons of nutrients, you know, with a higher protein free yogurt, you can get in those berries that I was talking about, throwing a little bit of chia seeds for additional fiber and some minerals in there too. So I love that one as well. You talked a couple of times about the importance of protein and, um, you know, up until we're in our forties, like I'm, um, I'm going to be 48 pretty soon. But when I was in my thirties and below, I was always thinking about getting, you know, like 0.8 grams per kilo, something along those lines. And then once I got into my forties, those numbers can basically almost double, uh, when, someone's in their first, second, third trimester, what are you thinking about? Like how many grams of protein on average are you looking at? Yeah, generally, you know, starting somewhere between 70 to 80 grams, you know, okay. in, the, in the first half, and then definitely getting upwards to a hundred um, or higher in the second half. Of course, it's going to be based on the individual and, you know, individual yeah. needs and what's kind of going on um, with that individual person. But as a general consensus, I think that's a good um, baseline or guideline to go by. You know, there's two, two things I often see is like, some people are like, I see people way overdoing protein or like they're getting too much, but typically I see like women are not getting enough, um, especially during pregnancy, because it's not something that a lot of us think about is what I've found outside of pregnancy. When we try to really put an emphasis on nutrition, um, before that, if you're not in like, I'll say, if you're not in the athletic world, right. If you're not in like the fitness and exercise world, it's just not something that I found people have often thought about. Um, you know, they just, it's just not really something you just kind of go about your day, like try to eat vegetables and fruits and like, (laughs) you know, that's it. You don't really think about hitting a specific number or anything of that, um, caliber. So whenever I work with clients, it's kind of like a shock when we're like putting it together and I'm showing them like, okay, this is your goal. This is where you're at type of thing. This is how we can fill in the gaps. Um, yeah, they're a little bit like, Oh, I didn't realize that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause in general we consume so much less protein than we realize. Right. Exactly. That's yeah. what I see. Yeah. And to your point, when um, you're exercising, so my youngest children are six and my eldest is on her way to college right now. And they all are focused on nutrition because of the household that they live in. Uh, And my daughter at 19 is really into exercise. So she's into conditioning. And so she always is counting how much protein she's getting. But then my little six-year-olds that are running around you know, it's like, I'm trying to get as much protein into them as possible. So, you know, everything from, um, 
a, a great shake. Like it's yeah. amazing. You know, you can get 20, 30 plus yeah. grams of, mm-hmm. of high quality protein from such a variety of different sources. Like I personally love to take collagen protein, but you have to understand that not all collagen proteins are complete proteins. So right. like you were talking about the legumes and making sure that you're getting those complete right. uh, proteins from different sources or the plant sources of protein. There's such right. a variety. So do you, do you find that a lot of the people that you work with, they, they drink a shake to sort of like get their protein levels up? Yeah, I I definitely see that. And usually that's something that can really help uh, in that first trimester um, when maybe fluids is one of the only things you can keep down. Then it's like, okay, let's really try to work with what we can, you know? So if it is a smoothie, that sounds good or something they can keep down, then it's like, okay, how can we really maximize this? How can we fit in all the food groups we can get in? We need to get in protein. We need to get in fats. We need to fit in vegetables. You know, we need to really try to put everything we possibly can into the smoothie. If it's one of the only things you're going to be eating, you know, um, and then the same thing as they're getting into the, um, later stages of pregnancy, you know, in the third trimester, when protein needs are the highest, mm. then we're trying to brainstorm like, okay, what are some ways like we can fit in this extra protein? So then in that case too, is where a potential protein shake or a, you know, high protein smoothie can work its way into. So great. I want to also circle back to your points about hydration, because I think that it's a, it's an area that we all know we need to get (laughs) hydrated, but it's not always that easy, right? Like we can get better hydration from um, certain green vegetables that our, our cells are able to absorb it oftentimes more easily than water. And you spoke about electrolytes and, and, you know, being someone who has done keto for several years to reduce inflammation in my body, uh, the number one key was always making sure I had enough electrolytes because, you know, different macros have different levels of, of, of water in them. And so if we're eating lots of carbs, great maybe it's easier to stay hydrated versus when we're needing to consume those good fats that you were talking right. about, especially for the baby's brain development. Um, they have less, you know, liquid, less fluid in them. Yeah, definitely. And that's something I think I did a post recently on eating your fluids um, yeah. on Instagram. Cause I think I, you know, I agree. People don't realize that when you eat fruits and vegetables, there's also tons of hydration that you're getting through those things. Um, yeah. And speaking of like fruits of the summer, I think I posted about watermelon and someone responded like, I think watermelon is like the flagship fruit of pregnancy. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I mean, definitely tons of water. Um, A lot of people were commenting how watermelon was like one of the only things they could eat or keep down um, at the beginning of their pregnancy, which, you know, is, is something that other people have craved too, because it is so high in water um, and sounds good. So yeah, definitely agree. There's, there's a lot of ways you can get in hydration um, outside of just plain old water that we all feel like we're so bored of sometimes. (laughs) And when do you, when do you recommend electrolytes and do you recommend particular electrolytes, um, certain balances of the different minerals? Yeah, I think, I mean, 
electrolytes are important, even if you're not, you know, vomiting or in a case where you're losing or sweating, you know, those instances where we think of electrolyte replenishment, um, sodium, potassium, magnesium, these are all really important electrolytes just for pregnancy in general. And a lot of times, you know, cravings for salty foods happen during pregnancy, like, you know, the pickle craving is something yes. that's <laughs> super popular. Um, and usually that is a craving because of the sodium. And when we're pregnant, our bodies need more sodium. Um, so I, I think it's also interesting that a lot of times you see recommendations out there to limit your sodium intake and, you know, only get this much. And while that's good to an extent, I think sometimes that puts a little more fear out there than necessary about, um, using salt at the table or using salt when you're cooking, because that's typically not the problem, right? The problem where we see like super high sodium intakes is with, you know, overconsumption of processed foods and snacky foods and fast foods and those things. So if you're, you know, eating a well-rounded diet, focusing and putting the emphasis on real whole foods, then adding salt, you know, when you're cooking and at the table is, is fine. Uh, you need, your body needs that extra salt during pregnancy. That's really important. I hope everybody heard that <laughs> your point. There's so many people that feel that salt is a no, no, um, in our house, you know, salt is a big part of, of what we use in our food, in our water, we add Himalayan salt. And, um, there's so many various types of salt that can be really beneficial. And like you said, with the sodium, we need that sodium, um, and even more during pregnancy, right? Yep, exactly. Iodine specifically, you know, is super important during pregnancy too, which I didn't mention, but yeah, absolutely. And what are some great sources for someone to get their iodine from? Typically fish is one of the best sources, but also dairy. Um, A lot of women will tend to crave tall glasses of milk during pregnancy. And many people think like, oh, I must just need the calcium. When in reality, it's actually the iodine that your body is looking for. Um, Iodine needs during pregnancy increased by like 50%. It's one of the nutrients that needs increase the most for during pregnancy, which is crazy because it's not really a nutrient that again, most of us think about, or most of us hear about with pregnancy, um, but your needs are so high. So pregnant women will be like tossing back glasses of milk, um, typically because of the iodine in there. Wow. That's really, so that's the number one. Um, it's one of the top ones that increases the most, I'm trying to think what else would, I mean, choline definitely is one that increases, um, especially during breastfeeding too, but yeah. And then the fat, other fat soluble vitamins also increase pretty high as well, but yeah, iodine increases by 50%, which is so much. Unbelievable. So we'll move into the third trimester and just the amount of, I mean, I'm fascinated by what you're saying with the amount of protein and, and the different nutrients and how important they are. Talk to us about what we need to be thinking about differently once we enter that third trimester. 
Yes, I think DHA um, and those omega-3s are super important to put emphasis on. Um, Additionally, iron is definitely one we want to focus on in the third trimester and when you're most at risk of iron deficiency um, because your blood volume has increased so much that your need for iron is very, very high. And so it's something you really want to watch out for, make sure you're getting tested um, and focusing on high iron foods as well. And then zinc too is another one. Zinc kind of goes hand in hand with iron, but that's one that women are often under consuming as well. So I want to mention that one. Um, And vitamin D, that's something I haven't pointed out, but vitamin D is another nutrient that is important out throughout every stage, honestly, from preconception to postpartum, vitamin D is something you want to be checking in on um, and making sure that your levels are, are sufficient. Getting your levels tested of vitamin D is what you're recommending. Yep. Yeah. You know, what's so interesting about vitamin D is how many of us in this country take it and yet we're, we're still deficient. So I've always found that if you're taking your vitamin D, you're taking adequate levels and you're testing and you're still low, it's usually to do with not having enough magnesium because the magnesium helps your body utilize and absorb the vitamin D. A lot of times people will take K2 with their vitamin D and and, and that's obviously great, but this Mm -hmm. idea around magnesium being so important, you know, um, what are your thoughts around magnesium and pregnancy? Do you have um, any data points that would be valuable because it's like the most vital nutrient for our bodies? Yeah, definitely. I I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but I know it's a big number of how many pregnant women are deficient in magnesium are not getting enough. Yeah, it's a big number. Um, Yeah, so I I agree 100%. Um, Usually you want vitamin D with magnesium and K2 and typically calcium because calcium relies on those nutrients too. Um, But yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people don't understand is that when we take nutrients in isolation, it can often not work (laughs) because they all work together and many of them are interconnected in their functionality within the body. So that, that is a really good point. And I think that magnesium is something that I try to put emphasis on too, um, because it's not one, it's one that often gets, uh, forgotten, I think too. And it is linked to certain pregnancy outcomes as well. I think there's a decent amount of data on like magnesium and gestational diabetes, um, magnesium and like gestational hypertension as well. There's some really interesting data on magnesium and some of those pregnancy outcomes. It's, it's so powerful in the fact that, you know, what is like over 600 chemical reactions in our body that it, that it influences. And like you said, you know, almost everybody's deficient in it. And so being able to look at it holistically, which is what you're saying, you know, looking at the foods that we eat, choosing the right foods during our pregnancy, pre-pregnancy, post-pregnancy is, is kind of everything. I mean, you're literally... Yes. Building the health of another human being and mm-hmm. you're sharing that process and you don't want to come out of pregnancy. And that's what I want to really talk about now yeah. after giving birth depleted, right? right? Because you want to yep. continue to provide to, to your newborn baby. So what, what would we be wanting to really focus on when we're thinking about, okay, I may yeah. be giving birth in the next two yeah. weeks. 
what do I need to be doing now? And then what do I need to be doing as I go into breastfeeding and how do I nourish myself? Yeah, I think there is definitely such a misconception that whenever you have the baby, you're like, all right, I'm done. Like I did what I needed to do. Like I can go back to my usual eating routine or like, I don't have to focus on nutrition as much as I was in reality though, you are still growing the baby. Um, especially if you are exclusively breastfeeding, you're still the only source of nutrition that your baby is getting. And you are still responsible for making sure your baby grows. Right. Um, but nutrition is still hugely important. Even if you are, if you have, or you're not breastfeeding, right. It's still hugely important for your recovery after going through pregnancy, giving all those nutrients to baby during the pregnancy, there's still so much recovery and replenishment that needs to happen in that postpartum period. So it's still just as important. And a lot of people are also shocked to hear that your nutrient needs are even higher after yes. the baby is born. So yeah, your choline needs are even, I was just talking to a client actually this morning about this. Um, your choline needs are even higher when you're breastfeeding. Um, and there are other nutrients that are like that too, like B12, super important. A lot of the B vitamins are so important, um, for postpartum iron is super important. Um, zinc is super important too, and is linked to, um, postpartum depression a little bit. Omega threes are still important too, because, the baby's brain still develops within, I think it's like up to the first two years of life. Like you yeah. are still, that baby's brain is still developing. So DHA is still so important during that time, especially during the first year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, oh my gosh, there's so many important things and the postpartum replenishment and recovery period is just, it's so important. And so not talked about enough either. You know, it's, so interesting to, to think about, you know, how much work we've shifted over time. Like it's about being strong and healthy and, and our health is shown, you know, by the glow in our skin. And there's so many changes that go on during pregnancy and there should never be a focus on how many, like, uh, am I going to like gain too much weight? It should always be about nutrition, all that good fat. And understanding that once you have your baby, you know, you're going to have to like, yeah, potentially, I mean, I remember I had to consume, I think it was like 3,500 to almost 4,000 calories a day. Like I'd be breastfeeding and eating at the same time because I couldn't get all the calories in and I couldn't Mm -hmm. maintain the amount of nutrition that I needed to be able to provide. So it's just such it's such a different thought process. Yeah. Yeah. Same with this client that I was talking to this morning. She was like, I am ravenously hungry. (laughs) She was like, I ate like what I would have as a normal breakfast. And she's like, and then I had avocado toast and I had more eggs. She was like, and then I was going back through the fridge to find more things. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like (laughs) your body, there is such an increase demand, you know, when you're breastfeeding it estimated between like around 500 calories a day extra that you need, um, just from your body producing milk. So it's just, it's such a a crazy period. And then back to the hydration point, fluids are so important too. So keep an emphasis there. 
I love the work that you're doing. I'm, I'm just, I know everybody that's listening is going crazy because not only are you giving us really good information, but it's, it's, it's such a blessing to be able to have you share, you know, your passion and your education. I love that you've written this cookbook. I love that you're all over social media. I mean, you're such a hero in this space and, um, it's just so critically important, you know, as, as we try to learn about all of these changes that go on during this most critical time of our lives. So I love it. I thank you so much. <laughs> thank Tell us you. a little bit about where everybody can find you and yeah. if you have any sort of closing remarks that you just want people to really know, because this is your passion, your drive, your education, and you probably know so much more and like, what are the things that you <laughs> wish people just like the one thing that you wish people would know and, and then how we find you? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's tough. There's so many, so many things that I wish people <laughs> knew. Um, I think, you know, number one is that what is found, I think, I don't know if this is advice or, you know, just a you know, be cautious about type of thing, but there's so much information out there. I think as we were saying at the beginning and much of it is based off of old recommendations. I know we were saying this too, at the beginning years ago, um, certain recommendations that were made 20 plus years ago are still floating around and not all of those are true. Um, the unfortunate part about that too is a lot of um, clinics and providers are still practicing that information. Um, so that to say, you know, do your research. Um, come follow me on social media um, at Prenatal Nutritionist. I also have an app, which is something I created to help pregnant women get Woo! off of Google yeah. <laughs> um, because Google just offers I don't even know. I don't even, I could go down a rabbit hole there, but just like the most confusing, overwhelming amount of information that you just leave feeling more confused. So that's why I created the app that I have now, which is called the prenatal nutrition library. And I talk about that a ton on my social media page too. So make sure to follow both of our accounts, which is at prenatal nutritionist and at the prenatal nutrition library as well. Um, you'll get tons of free, very valuable information from both of those social media pages. Um, but yeah, do your best. That's my ending remark. Like it, it, there is so much information out there. Um, try to take it piece by piece, step by step. Um, small changes, honestly, small changes mm -hmm. can really lead to big impacts over time. Um, so don't be too hard on yourself and, and take it, take it as is and piece by piece. I love it. Yeah. Small changes with the big results. Yep. Thank you so much for sharing with us today, Ryan. It was absolutely incredible. And uh, I look forward to everybody getting to hear you and reading the show notes and following you on your different platforms. So thank you once again. Thanks for having me. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure to go to my recent Instagram post and let me know what your favorite part of the show was. Also, don't forget to follow me 
at Dr. Josh Axe there on Insta, where I cover the latest health trends, natural medicine, and so much more. Also, if you're loving this podcast, do me a big favor, head over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Thanks so much for being on mission with me. See you next week. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. In some cases, individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein.